0: The Incomparable, number 443, January 2019. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. I'm your host, Jason Snell. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about another Batman movie. Yes, the the long march of many, many Batman movies continues. However, this is one that I've been looking forward to talking about, unlike Batman and Robin. Uh, for quite a while now no? it is 2005's <laughs> batman begins directed by christopher nolan maybe you've heard of it in which batman begins basically joining me to talk about the origins of batman christian bale's batman are the following wonderful people guy english is here so the jig is up hi guy <laughs>
1: I, it's not who I am underneath, but what I do that defines me. Yeah. That's... that's I... Uh, yes. Let, let's say Somebody yes. Somebody
2: had to get that line off. Let's
3: say yes. Tony Sindelar is here. Hello. Hi. I think I'm required to be here. You are. So I'm here. You are. Yeah. You are. It's yeah. Batman related, the, and therefore the you dean, are here. The dean of Batman U. The uh, dean of Batman University. Uh, it's a flat
0: organizational structure. Yeah. So. Yeah, sure. Oh. Dan Morin is also here. Hello. Hi, I'm delighted
4: to be here to talk about one of my favorite characters, Moon Knight.
0: Mm. Yes. <laughs> sure. Moon Knight... B- begins. Where where Batman begins, Moon Knight ends. Maybe that's the slogan we can use. Uh, you've blown my mind. Also here, Don Melton. Don, hello. Howdy. It's good to have you here. And Christina Warren is here. Hello. Hello.
5: Katie Holmes is
0: the only Rachel Dawes
2: that I recognize. I agree 100%. <laughs> agree with that and she's just about the only woman in this movie mm-hmm. unfortunately mm-hmm. which is one of my digs against it
0: i have to say I, I watch her in this movie and it just makes me more angry about the next movie but we're not going to talk about the next movie we're not going to talk about it just batman begins this time christopher nolan uh written by nolan and david s goyer it is the origin of batman and bruce wayne uh and uh, led to obviously two other uh giant movies Uh, Our friend Moises Chuyon likes to point out that the origins of this screenplay are interesting in the sense that David S. Goyer wrote a screenplay for a Doctor Strange movie that was never made and it's fascinating because Batman's origin in this movie is basically (laughs) Doctor Strange's origin which is kind (laughs) of weird and uh,
5: that seems to not be accidental. (laughs) So I saw this in college and I actually saw this on a date and the guy that I went on the date with, he wasn't as into that stuff as me. But I remember all the internet reactions. Everybody was just like, not about it. I think because we'd all been so burned because of Schumacher, um, and then there, was, there, there wasn't any belief that this was going to be any good.
0: Chill out. Sorry, I had to do that. I'm sorry, Tony.
3: <laughs> Tony, it's safe. Come uh, back out Monday. I just test. I see people surfing on spaceship doors. And it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's not no a good, good. It's not a good thing. <laughs> but they, uh,
2: the even though it's kind of like a um, Doctor Strange. Light kind of origin story. There is some basis of that in various comics. It just those things sort of happened if you read the comics, but they didn't happen in that order. They didn't happen at the beginning. But obviously, uh, uh, Ras Al Ghul is you know been big with Batman since. What the late seventies, early eighties? I forget.
0: Yeah. So one of the interesting things about this, and and for people, I mean, we we mentioned Joel Schumacher's name a couple of times. Like the fact is, we we it's easy to think now after these three enormous movies directed by Christopher Nolan. Um, Although it's getting it's getting more understandable the more um, <laughs> Justice League movies get made uh, that that Batman that that uh, that four movie set that started with uh, 1989's Batman with Michael Keaton and ended with the two Joel Schumacher movies that <laughs> oh, we covered in a in a rocket surgery episode because they were really bad. Um, it, it it was like it was like well, okay, Batman's played out. Batman's tired, and this is a moment. Actually, reminds me a little bit of like uh, when uh, they did the Spider-Man Homecoming movie, and and certainly the recent Into the Spider-Verse movie, where people are like, "Oh yeah, I was really tired of Spider-Man, but this is a really good Spider-Man movie." This is where Batman was at this point was like those movies yeah. were kind of jokes, and then this movie came out, and and he's it's, back. It's good, and it's yeah. it's a different take, and it and it puts a lot of the uh a lot of the sort of silliness of those last couple of movies. To, to rest and has a totally different kind of f- feel to it and you know I think there was a lot of skepticism going in and then and then uh, people saw the movie and they're like oh no I see what they're doing here this is a a batman that I can uh, I can support well, uh- that period in the, in the early 2000s, there was like a lot of the, we've got to revamp all these
4: existing franchises and set them with a tone that is consistent sort of with our present day. Cause you know, Casino Royale is around this time as well. Yeah. And so you, you had the James Bond abandoning the campiness of the 90s and 80s for something that was a little, you know, more gritty. This isn't nearly as gritty as many things that came after it, but it's no, also. No, but it started. But it started it, yes. But it, it did it better.
2: Speaking of that, bon- the Bond producers were were actually inspired by Bat- uh, Batman Begins to yeah. reboot I, Bond. I mean, they're one yeah. of the reasons it makes did sense. that. And and while Schumacher was, you know, uh, channeling uh, Carmine Infantino's Batman from the '60s, what I thought was great about this when I first uh, saw like some shots or whatever is this was, you know, Miller and Mazzuccelli's Batman. Yes, you know, Batman, uh, year year one, mm-hmm. and I thought somebody finally gets it.
1: Yeah, there's some shots that are directly taken from year one.
2: Gordon's backstory in it is from year one. Yeah, does everybody remember when you first saw on the internet the logo, the bats forming, you know, the meta bat <laughs> thing? Yeah, that the, it there? was my
5: it was my desktop background. I think um, for a <laughs> it while, <was> everybody's <laughs> desktop background, right? Because it was Christina. so good. Like it was just one of those. That was when that was, I think, when we started to kind of like maybe have more faith and, and it's interesting too, because there had been a number of attempts, um, to reboot Batman. Um, Aronofsky, uh, was, was, uh, Darren Aronofsky was, I think, working with Frank Miller to, to, to produce something. Um, there were some other, uh, you know, things that didn't get off the ground. Um, And I wonder, you know, this obviously started the darker tone. Things got darker later. But, you know, you mentioned Bond. I think X2 was a big thing. And then also, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 had kind of shifted where we were with superhero films. And then this, I think, is probably what most people would agree is kind of what really kind of was the beginning of the era that we're still in today.
0: I don't agree with that. Actually, I'm going to push back on that because this movie's sequel um, the Dark Knight came out yeah. the same year as Iron Man. Yes, it did. And you same, could uh,
5: with, within a couple of weeks, and
0: you could not have two different movies in terms of tone. Now, I I'll agree with you taking superheroes seriously as a thing. Well, that no, was Well, no, well, well, okay,
5: but, but but my argument on that though is that I believe Iron Man was directly influenced by that. Yeah, Batman No,
0: I'll, I'll I'll go with that. I think I think they both took very different lessons from Batman Begins, but I I'm with you there.
5: I, I mean, I think that The Dark Knight has had more of an influence than Batman Begins, but I think the whole thing of us creating a having kind of these epic you know verses and taking things in more adult directions started here. Yeah, I
1: mean obviously there's a there's, there's a continuum a lineage here. This group. Yeah, exactly. Going back but but it it's clearly building like without the success of this movie and you know subsequently the dark knight I don't think the MCU would exist because I agree. It it allowed like the variety of the characters the the fact that you can have some some flops in some of the X-Men movies like I think that allows the MCU some growth. Like this proved the parameters in, in which these movies can, can operate. It was take it seriously. And as uh Tony's favorite movie, the incredible Hulk did, it did something similar, <laughs> right? Like it, it, it tried, it, it tried to take the character seriously and uh, have a bit of the Marvel taste and uh, sorry, the Marvel, like the, the humor and all of that. And I think, that movie gets greenlit the same year as iron man because batman begins sort of like proved out that like you know what you can take things seriously and you can you can crack a few jokes uh lucius fox is pretty much all jokes in this mm. movie he's a very serious character but like there's a lot of zingy one-liners and it it follows the same kind of pattern that i think marvel like effectively weaponizes like scarecrow gas in, <laughs> yeah. into, into a money-making machine
0: yeah no you're you're right and, and i mean getting back to christina's parallel there i mean it is hard not to look at those scenes where bruce is talking to lucius fox about all the equipment that's in the wayne industry's vault and not say oh there's there's Iron Man right there, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. I mean, that's kind of what the how do you equip this guy and you got a rich guy and he's got access to weapon systems and that is that is an origin story, although with Tony Stark it's obviously the other pieces are very different, but that's a that's a, a direct kind of kind of parallel.
2: Well, with Tony Stark, he's inventing him himself, right? So right. that's the Well, so, yeah.
1: So I almost took a photo of this, uh, cause I just watched it before the show, obviously. There is a scene where Bruce Wayne is sort of like connected. He's, he's spelunking in his bat cave while Alfred stands there and he's got a flashlight on his chest and. He's all backlit And he looks like Iron Man Like there's a bright White light <laughs> no, Shining out, exactly of the the of, out of the middle about, Of the middle of his chest While he's outlined well, and it's like, I
4: mean Compare that with the scene later Where he's making the Batarangs Which is very much right. Like the Tony Stark In the workshop In Iron Man Right But I mean I yes. think what's important About both of those And the point we're sort of Circling around is like These were both films That decided like Let's Let's ground our superheroes In a Quote unquote Real world Right Right like, Having my favorite part Of this movie hands down is the whole discussion of how to make the cowl
3: for the Batman thing. Well, we got to <laughs> order this part
1: from this company. We've
4: got to order this part from this company. We've got to order 10,000 of them so nobody is looks at it. an
3: incredible, important part of any superhero. <laughs> um, but I love you know? that. It, it has yeah. a, it's a thing that you don't think about before this, yeah. right? No other Batman
4: movies can be like, how does he, how does he get these wonderful toys? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's yeah. tell
0: you, there are 9,990 little bat ears floating <laughs> the, around at the bottom of the bat the cave. just breaking ones. <laughs>
2: Yeah, broken ones.
0: Put those, put those anywhere, right? I, I, whatever. Yeah, just back up the truck and leave them there. It's fine.
2: But they did a little throwaway justifications for things that I thought was very interesting. Like, uh, you, you know, when you see Bruce put the uh, headset into the bat ears, right? So you understand, oh, that's why the bat ears are on the cowl, right? Because... That's where his speakers are and his antenna. Let's walk through what happens in the movie a little bit, and people can stop me because
0: I, I think that, that that's worth doing, at least in in, in large strokes. Because um, there's a, the, I think the structure of this movie is actually really interesting. We have, yeah. uh, we have in mm-hmm. the first part. Later in the movie, it's more linear, but the first part is not linear at all. Because we get we get Bruce and. Rachel as kids and he falls through the well and there are bats but we and then we get Christian Bale who wakes up in jail
3: somewhere in Asia and he gets in a fight and breaks a lot of bones thankfully that I I appreciate that the first guy who picks a fight with him uh, intimidates him in English that's very courteous for a prison prison thug
4: I I actually like one of the things I do like about that beginning is the fact that the traumatic event that kicks us into motion is not immediately the death of Bruce Wayne's parents which we've seen again it's like how many times it's like the spider-man origin it's like yeah <laughs> right, we know, right you, you know we that it's know, coming yeah we know what happened to batman and like i still like roll my eyes a little bit when the pearl necklace comes out eventually agree, the yeah. mm-hmm. but you know at that point fine i'm willing to give them some leeway because up until then this is very unlike any batman movie we've seen
1: i think this is a near perfect beginning to to this movie. Like, I can't think of a better way to do it. Immediately, he's running through the yard and he falls in a well. Like, there's action right off the bat. We see bats right off the bat. Right off the Batman. And we don't see what made him Batman being the murderer in the alley. What made him Batman is the fear of the bats. Yeah. Bats, that's why he cottons onto the bat thing.
2: Yeah. If there's a theme to this movie, it's all about fear because mm-hmm. yes. I, I did a search to the script and... The word "fear" has to appear in the script, I think, over fifty times.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> a no lot. accident they Just had a lot to talk about.
2: Fear. Fear. Yeah, they're yeah. like yeah. hitting you over the head with that right from the very beginning.
3: Yeah, they they want to make sure you do not miss that part. It <laughs> is know? impressionistic
0: in a way, in a way that I like that we get his childhood, and it's not Crime Alley with Joe Chill yet. I mean, that happens, but although I will actually, I would argue uh, that Joe Chill thing is. As important structurally for the movie, the most important thing about that is that then he goes on trial and mm-hmm. and, right. and that Bruce is gonna kill him because he's he's uh you know and he's gonna get his revenge and then Falcone kills him instead right. so it doesn't matter yeah. so uh, that, that's kind of like the the justice angle that comes out of it is it's about the guy who killed his parents but uh, the way it's told is in these little little shards of memory while he's so that you know we get him with uh you know very quickly like Liam Neeson <laughs> finds him right like that that all happens really fast we get the we get the uh, you know, flashback to meet uh, Officer Gordon after the parents are are dead as well, and this is all just kind of put in a in a blender. There, uh, Katie, we, we see Katie Holmes as Rachel, uh, so as an adult, uh, talking to Bruce about how you know how the world works. Basically, um, all of this stuff is happening uh, back and forth and back and forth, and it's not until he kind of like emerges from the flaming wreckage of the temple and Alfred picks. Him up on a landing strip somewhere that the movie gets linear and I think it's I think it's really effective like you get you it's dramatic in sort of interesting ways because you don't really know what aspects of this life you're going to see and you don't really know who this Bruce Wayne is who's visiting with Liam Neeson and his training and all of that and you get the you get the backstory in pieces and I think it's I think it's really artfully done and and uh and moves I mean like pacing wise too I think it's really smart yeah
1: it's it's 45 minutes they spend 45 minutes before they put him back in Gotham which is amazing and it's an hour before Batman even shows up exactly
4: which
3: is it's pretty good for an origin story right I mean that's basically
2: the first third of the uh, movie told you know Nolan memento style, you know, told Mm -hmm. sideways.
4: Every Nolan movie has multiple timelines in it pretty much. Almost, I think, you know, Interstellar, uh, even um, uh, Dunkirk. I mean, and I think that's something he does. He likes to play with narrative and causality a lot. And it's milder here than in a lot of his other movies, but it still does. You're totally right. Like, I I think the first time I saw this, I didn't quite know what to think of it because it does break some of the conventions we're expected. You know, we're sitting down expecting to see in a very linear like, oh, it's the origin. Therefore, this is all about this leads to this, leads to this, leads to this. And that is not what we get.
5: No. and, and, And I think, you know, we're expecting the typical origin story that we've always seen you know, that we know so well right. and that, that it plays with that is really interesting. And to your point too, I mean, the length, this is a long film. So the fact that it is 45 minutes before you see him back in Gotham, but, but I remember seeing it in the theater and it never feeling, No, it doesn't feel that long. No, it doesn't. And, and when I was rewatching this, I, I felt the same thing. I was like, no, he got the pacing. Uh, I think then for the entire series, completely correct with this one. The
2: thing that struck me about the first 45 minutes was not only the weaving back and forth, but the fact that he's laying out all the themes and Mm -hmm. telling you everything that's going to happen. And what struck me, the rewatch, because I actually did not, I usually rewatch this thing like every year somehow, you know, out of boredom or whatever, but I didn't rewatch it uh, last year. And I'm watching again this this year, and they're doing the scene in the beginning where they're in the opera, and I go, "What opera is that?" Uh, Mephistopheles. Oh. And the thing is, when you think about what the story is, it's you know, it's all about me, uh, Mephistopheles trying to corrupt Faust. And uh, and this is not my idea. I mean, I, the other people have noticed this thing before, but if you think about it. That's the whole story right there. Mephistopheles is al Ghoul yeah. and Faust is Bruce, mm-hmm. right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you when you talk about laying out the groundwork for the entire film in the first half hour, 45 minutes, the fact is, um, Liam Neeson gives him the entire
3: roadmap of being Batman. Oh yeah. Yes. It's 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 a very interesting take on the kind of training montage because it's like a training montage and Indoctrination into a cult Yeah, so. yeah. Yes. And he's it's, like, it's, You it's need to be Batman, Batman
0: But no 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 but you're actually just Going to be one of our soldiers and you're going to destroy Your home and he's like no what if I'm a soldier And I try to save my home and that Is there that is the opposition but It's not as if I mean Liam Neeson Literally says you will find your fear It will be a symbol It's like do I have to spell it out For you Batman like it's right It's right there from the start also you may have taken It a little too literally <laughs>
4: yeah
2: He actually uses that line literally <laughs> Beautiful
4: later. Yes, that's right. That's he right. also has a very compelling goatee, is all I want yes, to say. <laughs> he, he does. Yes, so, yes.
2: And by the way, mm. did anybody notice the also in the laying out in the beginning is pay attention to the dialogue because all the dialogue gets repeated.
4: Yes. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. You know what? Uh, and why do we fall? So we can learn to pick ourselves back up. It's not who I am underneath, but what I do that defines deception it. and theatricality. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's it, It's like. He's just hitting you with his wonderful mallet. <laughs> and it, it's so pleasant. That's a Joker thing,
0: yeah, yeah. And you know, I mean, nobody is coming into this going, "Hmm, I wonder if the if if he's referring to this Batman that is in the, <laughs> the title <titan> of this <laughs> film." Like we it all know, Man of Many Bats. We know yeah. where this is going. Jason's
3: just waiting for him to get bitten by a radioactive bat. <laughs> yeah, and the when, when, start. when yes. does that happen? Is there a
0: bat on the flower that he gets? I, is, I also think,
4: as you uh, as we, uh, I think Don maybe mentioned we we're leading up to this. Like the choice of of Rachel Ghul as the villain here, I think, is fascinating because he's a villain who is not widely known like he's certainly not a joker level villain in the batman canon certainly if you follow batman you might know him but most Mm -hmm. people going into this movie were not going to have any idea who it was yes same as scarecrow Mm -hmm. and they do a really nice job here with not only that but i thought the liam neeson swap like like head fake Mm -hmm. i think is really well executed
3: it's interesting because so they choose a batman villain who is not Uh, I mean, he's a very important Batman villain, but he's kind of not... He doesn't have brand name recognition. Uh, He's
5: not Bane. It's not Joker. Yeah, we
3: haven't seen him in movies before. He's not the standard uh, Adam West villain rogues gallery either, yeah. He's not as cartoony. It's interesting, though, because they do choose a character that has a lot of kind of magical properties behind him. And then they strip all the magical stuff out of... I love that depiction of him Yeah really well It works said. really well So instead of him being reborn Through access to a Lazarus bit He's reborn through a, Recruiting a series of front men Yeah <laughs> so. well And, and um. the
0: casting there too I mean it's Ken Wandanabe
3: Ken Wan-Nabe, yeah, Yes mm-hmm. and, then, and then lesser Ken Watanabe's Yeah At this point I think it might
0: be worth too Because most of the major characters Are introduced as a part of this There are a couple that come later But I want to mention The casting in this movie So we got Christian oh. Bale As Bruce Wayne Slash Batman mm-hmm. We have a uh, we have um, let's see uh, Liam Neeson as uh, our 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 villain of the part. He's not DuCard. He's uh, one he's villain. All cool. Very fun villain. Um, mm-hmm. But then we also have so Katie Holmes is yep. Rachel, uh, who and I I enjoy her in this movie. But we also she's have, great in this. Not not mentioned so yeah. far. Okay, Gary Oldman mm-hmm. as com-
3: as f- future Commissioner Jim Gordon. Yeah, my my favorite live action uh, Commissioner Gordon.
2: And yeah, and. Michael Kane.
3: My
5: favorite, my, my favorite. And
2: Killian Murphy as the other villain. Killian yeah, Murphy. Yeah, Cillian Murphy.
5: And, and this was like, I mean, this really, I, I think I expected Cillian Murphy to get way bigger than he's been.
2: Also, the guy who has the best, the best lines and the best speech in the movie. Tom Wilkinson
5: mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yes, oh, yes. I, Tom know, Wilkinson, yeah, who's he fantastic is
4: an, He is an interesting choice as Falcone I like him, but he is an interesting choice I like, especially having more recently watched Gotham, where John Doman from The Wire plays Carmen Falcone yeah. Which is a, also
2: great yeah, That whole, great. this is a world you'll never understand And you always fear what you don't understand
1: Yeah, Fear you say That speech sitting <laughs> in that booth is like yeah. Ooh, that's Pretty great <laughs> Yeah and with yeah, a judge over there with a couple of hookers, like oh yeah, like that scene's great.
0: Michael Caine. Anyway. Michael Caine. I want to talk about Michael Caine because this mm-hmm. is. I love this Alfred so much from His the beginning. Sense of humor is so good. My he's notes perfect. throughout are all just I, literally every five lines or so. I just say. Alfred is great again and again yeah. <laughs> and again he's funny he loves Bruce Wayne and the Wayne family there's that moment late where in the movie relatively late in the movie where um, where Bruce is is going to make a you know a, a, a scene in order to get people out of the mansion and he yells at him and basically says it's the last the, the name the Wayne name is the last thing that's left of your father and he worked you know he like gives him that dressing down like remember your family remember your parents who died so like good. it's so he he is super supportive he's got the dry wit like it is such a fantastically written and performed alfred it is amazing like i am just amazed every time he's on the screen at how good the whole thing is and how well it works
1: i've got a giant photo of michael
0: kane
2: <laughs> michael kane is the only the only non-american in the cast who actually retains his own accent. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Anybody notice that? It's like... Uh, half of the half of the cast is, is British. British or from the British UK, or, or Irish or yeah, yeah, uh, Irish, and even down to Jack Gleason. Did anybody notice Joffrey Baratheon?
0: Yeah, Joffrey Baratheon, young this one. young Urchin from the uh, from oh, the he has Such a
3: if <laughs> yeah. only it hadn't had such a disturbing childhood, he could have been a better king. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. he's
2: doing a he's totally doing a convincing uh, American, American yep. uh, You know, Chicago accent. There, I did not until the rewatch realize well, that's where they filmed a lot of it. I mean, it was filmed like in Shepherd and studios and in lots of locations around, uh, England. And I was like, really? I thought it was filmed in America. And it was, it was really the, the scenes with the Batmobile that are filmed in America on, you know, lower Wacker Drive. Yeah, exactly. It's the Blues Chicago. Brothers Drive. The Chicago you know.
0: stuff that, yeah, that yeah. is in there. Uh, hey, uh, Guy, what's, what, tell me about your picture of Michael Caine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Explain yourself. Jason, I love being on the mothership and I love that you want to know about Michael Kane. Here's the thing. My dad loved Michael Caine. And he passed it down to me. I never got it until I started watching more Michael Caine movies. That guy is a gift to the earth. He is amazing. And so I've got like a, whatever, I have like a framed Print of him in my in my living room. It's amazing. <laughs> that's I am so not guys, kidding I, you. Would, seriously, would, I'm learning this. I would, this for I the would first watch time. Michael Caine. I would watch Michael Caine for two hours, sit on the toilet and read the phone book. I really would. He's he, there's something about him that's uh, that's engaging. And I was trying to
3: figure out if there was a room that would be less weird than living room, and I'm not really sure. <laughs> I think <laughs> we, we <laughs> found it. I think yeah, we found yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, a,
1: it's above my bed. It's, it's <laughs> like right on there. It's just it's <laughs> right above my bed.
3: But, you just like to look, look at him every night before you go to sleep. I understand. Good night, Michael Caine. Good night, guys why why do we follow follow master guy
1: (laughs) so there's there's a couple of weird points in here that that are less Michael Caine specific yeah so um Michael Caine grounds this movie yeah I agree agree. without Michael Caine you cannot understand the Bruce Wayne character you can't you have no window into his soul it doesn't really matter no
2: no he yeah
5: he's the audience yeah he's you And like he's, he's the skeptical. rational He person. finds humor in it, but I think I, I think Rachel is too. But I but I agree with you. I think he's 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 the grounding. Yes, main. yes.
1: Sorry, I'm not. Rachel is huge. Rachel is the reason he becomes Batman rather than just murdering the guy right out. So <laughs> that's that's big. Yeah, and we should talk just, about that separately. A shorter we should movie talk about murder that guy. <laughs> murder guy. <laughs> murder man <laughs> it begins and ends. Michael Caine is our uh, relationship with uh, the Bruce Wayne character. The reason that we can enjoy this movie and have any kind of sympathy for Batman is because Michael Caine takes him seriously but still pokes a little bit of fun at him mm-hmm. which gives mm. us the uh, the the ability to to sort of excuse the weirdness and foibles of whatever. It's a superhero movie, weird stuff's going to happen. It's cool. Michael Caine's on the case.
0: Hmm. and he's judging when he judges Bruce's weird behavior what he's doing is he he is applying that layer of of reality of our world right of being like yes "Yes, you know you did end up I did end up having to pick you off a rooftop after you were drugged with psychedelic gas or whatever it (laughs) is right that he's he's like okay I'll do it oh yes I will drive Rachel home
3: and yeah she's just having a rough night everybody as he (laughs) pushes her into the car yeah Yeah, and Rachel and Lucius Fox help that too where it's you know Gotham is a messed up place, and in their world, which is still very grounded in reality, Bruce's actions, at least, like, are not actions they themselves would do, but, like, they understand why he would do them, right? Uh, Given what he has gone through and what his resources are, it's not completely madness that he would put on this armor and go out and punch people. It's not the best idea, but,
1: you know, he's a rich guy uh, with with issues. It's mad, and Alfred points it out, and the fact that michael king can carry that like this is stupid but i'm gonna go with it anyway mm-hmm. like maybe this maybe this is what you
3: got to do for a couple weeks and then you'll right. like then you'll switch to like smashing cars into each other or something
1: yeah. right right, right. Like, you know. like even even that thing that we we're talking yeah. about where he's buying the cowl and the pieces it's like you'll finance a really good crocodile fight i don't know <laughs> you you have to expect him to be like you know what i'm gonna tell bruce that uh we gotta buy ten thousand of these things Mm-hmm. And, uh, maybe, maybe then that, come maybe to that a that census. Will, yeah. like, but it, he just never does. He's like, okay, well, I All guess. All right, 10,000. On, yeah, on to the next thing, you know? Like, he's, he's complaining about being in the cave. He's <laughs> complaining about, uh, the waterfall. Like, Bruce is like, hey, look, let's go through the waterfall. <laughs> and Martin King's like, yeah, no, I'm just going to stand here and not. <laughs> it's cool. I'm good. I'm good right here. Somebody, yeah. somebody's going to well, need to report your death. Oh.
2: I think there's even in the, in the sequel, the second film, I think there's even more of this. Mm. Yes, this is uh, the third film
0: too. You talk about grounding yeah. Yeah. about grounding him. I will point out that at the end of the movie after Wayne Manor is bur- burned down, it's uh, yeah. Alfred who says, I thought this might yeah. be a good opportunity to improve the yes. f- foundations. Oh, in the southeast, <laughs> the southeast corner? corner? Precisely, sir. Yeah, it's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. He,
3: yeah, let's build a bat cave, Bruce. <laughs> right? like You know, he's yeah. probably had a really boring seven years while, while Bruce was gone. I right? think so. Like, there I was probably I, a lot of paperwork to do in the first six months. And then <laughs> since then, it's just
1: just drinking tea really quietly. Tony, do you think so? I think he was like living like a baller, man. He's like flying around <laughs> in a private jet. <laughs> he's been having the time of his life. See, I, I don't think, know.
5: I, th- I think he might have been living like a baller, but he's been like worried about Bruce this yeah. whole time. You know, he hasn't been able to actually relax True. because. You know, he's been worried about what's going on.
1: Maybe, or my cynical or the cynical view not my cynical view, but the, the, the awful view is like, yeah, go play vigilante on the streets, get killed, and then I get back to my awesome life of living like <laughs> you,
0: you know how uh, how tiring it is to be oversight on Rutger Hauer as he tries to steer Wayne Enterprises into the ground
4: though? Like that was that was also Alfred's job. Uh, All that money is lost, like tears in the rain.
2: Well, originally I guess it was it was Lucius Fox job, but, uh, yeah. uh, but, uh, Rutger Howard took care of that. Yeah. Uh, one thing about Michael Caine is his character doesn't not change the entire movie. He's constant. Yes. When yes. you think about Christian Bale's performance though, mm-hmm. and Bale said this himself, he plays four different people.
0: Right. Right. Cause he's, cause he's, uh, well, let's see, who are they? There's Batman. There's Bruce Wayne. There's, <laughs> there's. A rich playboy, drunk, weird Bruce yeah. Wayne, who's the his <laughs> face that, that actually is one of my favorite aspects of Batman, yep. and it is handled so well here. So I'll at least mention it right here, which is I love the fact that he has to construct a secret identity that is him, that is Bruce Wayne, and he has to make Bruce Wayne this buffoon because the, his 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 identity isn't him. Batman is yes. him, or there's a real Bruce Wayne, but the Bruce Wayne that That he is, he has to play. And that's something that comes out of like the first Batman comic basically has that oh, yeah, has yeah. that yeah. contrast mm-hmm. where Batman does his thing and then Bruce Wayne is like got his pipe and goes so commissioner what's going on and it's revealed that he's right. Batman like it's always there
3: and there's that moment with Rachel where yes, that's so great it's where so the buffoon mask shatters where he's embarrassed by the, the identity. Yeah no no you've caught me right. doing my
2: buffoon thing here but I'm not that's not me. That's three of the roles. The, the fourth one of course is like the one before he has the conversation with Falcone where he's the mm-hmm. hothead. Oh yeah. Okay. College drop. Well, not dropout. He got like kicked out of, uh, college, uh, right. Uh, and Princeton, you know, yeah, yeah, Princeton. And so, and in Bale's mind, those were like four different people. He, yeah. And, you know, method actor that he is, he tried to play, uh, four people. And he said, one of the great things uh, about the atf- outfit, the bad suit is it was so uncomfortable. And so unpleasant to wear. He said it was perfect because it got him in such a foul mood. It enhanced his performance as Batman. I'm uncomfortable.
4: <laughs> okay. it's just, it's just, it compresses your lungs. You have to talk yeah. like that. Yeah.
2: The other thing about him, yeah, I don't know. if I, I haven't seen... Um, vice yet but you know he's underwent yet another yes. transformation for that yeah. film because he's a psycho but he had done uh what's the one uh <laughs> the machinist machinist yeah, machinist right before oh, that God. so he's down yeah. to like uh he's 120 pounds machinist. he's down to a skeleton he has to beef up and then he beefs up too much for the role and then he has to lose part of it again right before filming starts What a maniac. I mean...
0: He's a psycho, but he's not an American psycho because he's
5: British. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to point that out, though, because actually that was the first time he ever bulked up, right? Because some of us... Uh, me, might have first (laughs) fallen in love with him when he was in um, Little Women. Um, I I also thought he was cute in Newsies, but Little Women, I was like, (laughs) I want to marry Lori. And then, you know, he shows up as Patrick Bateman in American Psycho, and he bulked up a lot. And then he did some other, um, you know, action things, got super thin for the machinist, then bulked up and had to do all that stuff with, with, uh, you know, Batman um, and has continued to do... The things that he does, like he did the, the fighter, he uh, he lost a lot of weight and and took on the whole you know drug addict thing. Yeah. So he is a maniac. He he is he is, but he's a brilliant actor, like brilliant. Hey,
1: Christina, uh, at one point, he gets out of bed and then just drops and starts doing push-ups. And uh, <laughs> my girlfriend at the time was like, "Why don't you ever do that?" I'm like. Well. <laughs>
0: Got some, got some, got some, reasons. Why don't you, guy? At the time you say,
3: and yeah, and and guy just looked over wistfully at his framed photo of Michael Caine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It's cool. I, I'll just watch more Batman. His, I, his I like
0: the um, one of the things I like uh, talking about the uh, him in the suit and all of that is that I feel like this movie, uh, another sign that it is being put together by a very uh, skilled director. Which let's just, I mean, let's just say it. Uh, action movies and superhero movies are not always well directed in terms of uh of especially like geography is a big thing that I talk about on this podcast a lot where yeah. there are a lot of times there's explosions and stuff and you have no idea what you're even looking at and i felt like christopher nolan has the rules of batman down there are those scenes where he's in the alley and he's and there and there's the uh the other scene in the in like the waterworks where he's descending from above but he's always got like his um his cable and he's got like he he'll go up and he'll come back down and all of that is happening and i felt like it was always pretty logical and you kind of knew what batman was doing he's not magical what what um the movie wants you to see is sort of like how he makes this batman persona work by using mm-hmm. the tools that he's yes. got and i i really appreciate that because it, it it if it was just magical like kind of like the michael keaton batman is mm. magical right. it, it was not would not be as effective
5: well in the clooney batman for sure for and sure. like clooney's one of my favorite actors of all time but i mean even he admits like that was not you know no. a good yeah. a good thing <laughs> whereas i think again like what grounds all these characters i mean you had you had oscar winners um, and, and future Oscar winners in this film. You know, you have Michael Caine, you have Tom Wilkinson, you have, you know, uh, Christian Bale, uh, you have, you know, Morgan Freeman. And Bale really had to sell this, right? Like he had to sell this whole new Batman. And I think he nailed it by doing exactly what you're saying. Like he wasn't this magical thing. It's It's he's methodical. He's, you know, consistent. He's using his wealth and his resources and crafting these different personas as he needs to, to do what he needs to do.
3: Think about how much time this movie spends showing like the development and iteration of his gear. Yeah, right, right. There's, yeah.
2: there's one slip there that, that still bothers me, and that's the, you know, calling all the bats uh, onto Arkham to befuddle uh, the police. Like, that's a scene
1: right out of uh, year one.
2: Yeah. Well, it totally is, but they didn't do the setup of the technology, the little sonar thing, or do the yeah. great line from year one, which is it's a pity I can't patent this and make a lot of money from it because it's genius, you know?
1: Right, well, who's going to make money out of summoning a million bats? I don't think that's... <laughs> this is why he doesn't own the business. Guy, guy. I, have a yeah. new, I have a new plan to disrupt the bat
3: market. It's gonna, yeah, right.
1: You know. <laughs> what are you the paying market? right
3: now for individual bats?
0: Yeah, I, I have to admit, watching the movie this time, I saw... I saw him push the button, and I'm like, I have no idea what he's doing there. And then the bats come, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I guess that's the button that calls the bats. Okay, yeah, like that's fine. I
1: wanted to call back one thing that Tony said earlier that was brilliant. Uh, mm. It was yeah. also about the Hulk. Um, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> no, no, no. T- Tony said that they take the magic out of Rachel Cool, and I kind of wanted to chime in there and say they also take the the magic out of Batman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And and i think that's the the performance that's the 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 gadgets it is going to lucius fox and i think a lot of the things that sort of also ground this movie are are based in that and that's maybe they screwed up a little bit with the uh the let's call it million bats button uh, but <laughs> bats, but, but, bats, but, bats. but broadly it's you know it's yeah. it's sketched out and it's scoped out well well
0: so morgan freeman as Lucius like very important to the movie and to grounding the movie as well he's very funny in this throughout including all the way up to the end where he's made the CEO of Wayne Enterprises and Rutger Hauer is out on this behind but uh, Lucius uh, also explains I mean we mentioned this earlier talking about Iron Man like uh, explains how the heck this this random dude would have all this stuff. It's like the answer is there's a whole company that had this military development department that was essentially parked somewhere not being used and th- with their give and take. And, and, and it makes it, it, it does ground it and it, it makes uh, you, it demystifies Batman to have him mm-hmm. be like, oh, you've got body, body armor. That's great. Oh, you've got a car? You know, does it come in black? Like it it just makes it like this is a man on a mission and he's picking he's shopping for his equipment.
3: Yes. And not Lucius Fox builds all these in a weekend. They've right. been mothballed right. weapons projects right. for, for financial reasons. Right. And he has nothing to do at his job. He is just sitting there he's cataloging parked. stuff. Yeah, he is. He is looking for a project.
2: Bruce Wayne getting out of bed and he's just. P- yeah. Nastily pummeled. bruised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Pummeled.
3: He looks like he has lost a fight with four sharks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Should have had the batch script.
2: So there's so much grounding in uh reality. And when I was watching the film the first time when the tumbler jumps rooftops, I started going, okay, now we're getting towards schumacher mm-hmm. territory here let's let's get him back on lower whacker drive please
4: one of the things i want to say about lucius too which as a character i think is very interesting is they they go through this whole movie navigating this relationship between them where it's alfred is clearly the confidant he's in on everything and lucius clearly knows but <laughs> it has like the plausible deniability yeah. going for him right and i love that aspect of him you know, where lucius says like you know I will... Whatever you don't tell me means I can't tell anybody else, but don't treat me like I'm an idiot. because right. And I love the plausible... Den- yeah, I'm going spelunking. I'm going base jumping. You got anything <laughs> for that? Like, all of that is so well constructed.
0: That scene where they're both together is really great, because the jig is up there, and they're yes. like... Yeah, yeah. What what do you... Th- uh, he's not dumb. like, are you, like you? On, are you planning on gassing yourself again soon, Mr. Wayne?
5: <laughs> right. <laughs> you, but, but, but the fact that he's been, you know, we just... Acting that way, you know what I mean. Having that plausible deniability, which you would want, and that's why he's CEO, yeah. right? Like, you need somebody right. who's protecting the front. Exactly. You know, you it, need they, that. They, figure. they both have
3: kind of a paternal thing where they they have affection for his father or for him as a kid. Exactly. And they're kind of looking out for him and they're in these weird spa- places in their life where it's like, we're going to kind of enable this, even though
1: probably we should tell you to seek counseling. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that this movie does amazingly well is that, uh, that the script at least does amazingly well and is executed impeccably by the actors is... Um, like any stable platform, there are three supports, right? We've got uh, Alfred, we've got Lucius Fox, and we've got Rachel. Mm-hmm. All of them help out Bruce Wayne and they support him being the character that we believe in as the audience in different ways. Uh, Rachel is uh, basically the, the the angel on his shoulder, giving him the, uh, the moral guidance uh, to... Uh, mm-hmm. sort of... Uh, law and order also. Law and order and to throw off uh, the racial Ghoul way of doing things, which is the path that he was basically going down. Um, we've got Alfred reminding him of his past and and keeping him grounded and sort of cutting him down and making him human while also supporting sort of the logistical side of being Batman. And we've got Lucia, uh, Lucius Fox who um, also kind of doesn't take him seriously or at least kids around with him. But supplies him with the 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 materiel that he requires to become Batman.
2: Well, there's another one there, though. It's another one there. Okay, you're, for, you're forgetting Commissioner Gordon. Remember, yeah, said, I was right. So you're just one man, and you know, and he's like, now no, we're Now there's two of us, <laughs> mm-hmm. <Right>. two. <laughs> and so Gordon's role as a support for Batman just ramps up from. Two thirds in the movie, all the way to the top. Here, drive I mean, my he's car. driving the Batmobile, <laughs> right?
5: Yeah, I was gonna say though, I feel I, I feel like Batman's more of a support, or is as much of a support for 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 Gordon though.
3: Well, yeah. Gordon. Gordon's not in on the identity. Right. So. That's the one thing I was going to say. And I think that's
4: one of the things that this movie does really well. And Iron Man sort of picks up a thread about this is we don't spend a lot of time having people like wonder who's Batman or trying right. to find out who Batman is or
0: or Batman protecting his identity. Rachel just looks at Batman and she's like, Bruce, <laughs> like, I
5: mean, it's not. Yeah. Come on. Which is what which is what would happen in real life because she knows him.
0: Yeah.
4: And we've seen we've seen that story over and over and over again. Right. Again, like same thing we talked about with the origin story of taking a different tack. We. We've seen the stories where it's like, oh, I need to hide my identity. I can't tell anybody because they'll start targeting all the people I love. And like that point is made early in the film. Falcone makes it right. Like he says, you haven't thought about, you know, your friend at the DA office or your butler, right? Like you could get at them. You could get at
3: you through them. Right. Um, But we don't we don't dwell on it. And
2: Alfred makes that point on the plane.
3: But also mainly he's just really into bat imagery. (laughs) You know, there's
2: there's two Mm -hmm. cast members that we haven't talked about yet, though. Very important cast members in a way, not really cast members. One is Wally Pfister's cinematography, and the other is the absolutely stunning score by the teamwork of Hans Zimmer and yes, James, and Newton, James Howard. Newton Howard. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I, I I actually, after I did the rewatch last night, I tur- I stopped looking at it and I went through section by section and started listening to the music. And normally I'm not that big of a Hans Zimmer fan. But this interplay of the two composers, it, it, it's, just, it's just stunning. It's really, really good. And the music is so memorable. The other thing was, is I turned the sound off and I went through a lot of the visuals and started looking at the framing, what Pfister was doing. Uh, no wonder he, you know, he won an Academy Award. He did win the Academy Award for Inception later on, mm-hmm. right? That was yeah. the one they went for.
5: Yeah, that was the one that Zimmer got it for. But yeah, no, I mean, you're so right. The the interplay between the two. I mean, and especially when you compare, you know, the Elfman score, which for its time had been really, you know, well mm-hmm. known, but to have that that brilliant interplay between James Newton Howard's work and and Hans Zimmer's work. I mean, you just you feel every. Part of the movie,
0: Dan. You're a big score fan. What do you think
4: about this one?
5: (laughs) I knew I was afraid someone's gas. It's
4: not my favorite (laughs) score. I think because Zimmer stuff is so overproduced and so heavy on the percussion, it does work really well at a bunch of specific points here, and I called it out. But it, one of my biggest frustrations with it is the lack of mm, almost any melodic use at all. And I understand it's a style, it's a thing that they were going for. Um, but I find it a little bit heavy-handed at times. Um, it does, it does work really well with some of the stuff that's going on um but like in a vacuum certainly i would not class it as one of my favorite scores but i, I again i see the effect that they're going for and it does hit home at a lot of places but it's just i don't think it stands as well on its own
0: i yeah i I mean i love the danny elfman score for the michael keaton batman movie the first one um mm-hmm. it is, this movie's trying to do something different. I mean, that that, is, that <laughs> yep. is the fact is I would never, I think, put on this movie soundtrack. And I will listen to that Danny Elfman score uh, a, as many times as I can because I love it. But I get what they're trying Agreed. to do here, which is kind of reset Batman, have this be more grounded. And and so the sound design working with the music too, right? Because the, there, there are lots of uh, you know explosions and smashes and things like that, and it can be very loud. And then the music is feeding into that too. And I think it's very effective even though it's not particularly melodic and 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 uh i wouldn't you know i wouldn't play the the score for for pleasure i think it's effective
2: it's zimmer it's percussion yeah. and horns yeah. Yeah.
0: Right? yeah yeah and there's only so much of that i can take <laughs> and that's pretty he's only got one tool in the toolbox <laughs> so um one of the things that i think is very clever in the in the climax to this movie um by the way i, I you talk about tone being important so I'm going to talk about Killian Murphy and, and Scarecrow. And I think that mm-hmm. we, we spent a lot of time with him as the doctor before he puts on his creepy Scarecrow mask and, and sprays yeah. gas at people and drives them crazy. And you get these super weird effects where there's the the glowing eyes. We see this also when Bruce has the flower at the beginning, the glowing eyes, everything's kind of Ripley. I think it's very effective, but we spent time with him as the doctor and then he, you know, he puts on his mask and he's obviously a supervillain and he's Scarecrow and then he gets sprayed with his own gas later and goes even crazier than he maybe already was. And it's that's all. That's all really good. And it's in the context of Arkham Asylum and the Narrows and the fact that there's this island. Um, I, I wanted to say two things about it. One is. Um, The end result of the gas being sprayed out on the island and the release of the villains. And this is not something that really gets followed up in the other movies, but at the time watching this movie by itself, I like how it's a very grounded explanation for why Gotham City is plagued by supervillains. Mm-hmm. One, right. one, ba- one failure of the mental health system. <laughs> the worst criminals have been released and sprayed with this crazy uh, mm, psychoactive right. gas. So, of course, there are uh, insane supervillains running around Gotham. It's, it's your Gotham origin yeah, story, yeah, basically. Exactly. So, I, <laughs> I enjoy that. I enjoy that. I will say, also, when you have a director as serious and capable as Nolan, and you've got the music, and you've got the production design, and all of those things, and, and, and the actors who are grounding all of this... They that's the kind of movie that can get away with a cockamamie <laughs> plot about yep. medicine in the yep. water that's going to be vaporized by you a imagine? microwave.
1: No, it's totally. Yeah, totally, so stupid.
3: Why not just vaporize it first? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Why,
4: why st- yeah. having to have Lucius Fox explain it though where it's like well that wouldn't work very well unless you had a
0: microwave <laughs> emitter
4: is a great it's scene it's a nice though. scene
3: right because he's connecting oh, the dots why, why did I, I invent a microwave emitter three years ago <laughs>
4: I did want to say something quick about the um you talked a little bit about the reality of the way Batman operates um yeah. and I love that scene where he's fighting in the basement uh and he like pulls the guy up against the wall, but like for I know for sure guy and Tony have also played the Batman Arkham Asylum yes. games, which I don't know yeah. the rest of you have, but yeah, they yeah, borrow really good. yeah, those things like clearly just rip a lot of the nolan stuff like right out of it the look the design the feel of it is all heavily influenced by these movies and and to me it it is these, so much of what was done in these and the subsequent Nolan movies have really influenced the, the whole course of Batman as a character over the last 15 years or so. Like, there's just so much, uh, like, loaded into this particular portrayal. And, and as, you know, we were talking before the show a little bit about, like, class, classic Adam West series and, like, so, so distinct from that and distinct from the Schumacher-Burton era and the mm-hmm. animated series. It is just fascinating to see how the the portrayal and the setting and the world and the feel of it all changes just based on the sort of prevailing winds of that that time period. We always get well, the you Batman know, You know, we where, need.
2: Where he got the inspiration <laughs> for this, where Nolan got this. Uh, he actually screened when they started out for Fister and I can't remember the production designer. He's screened because he's a film guy, Blade Runner. Interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. It does have that that the uh, Gotham especially with the, mm-hmm. the Batmobile scenes,
5: has that mm-hmm. yeah, falling it apart.
3: Because uh, this is mm-hmm. the least mm-hmm. car-like Batmobile that is ever presented, yeah. basically, right?
5: That's a really interesting thing I hadn't thought about, is that like in all the other portrayals, you know, the car, and even in the, some of the subsequent like Nolan films, you know, the car is this iconic thing, and it's almost, you know, it's like mm-hmm. the Bond vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's and, and, it, and it's this, I don't want to say, yeah. like, sex symbol, but it is, like, this flashy thing that's, like, very distinctive. And it's not in this it's it's utilitarian
4: i love one of my favorite lines in this entire movie he's in a black tank (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: this is a
3: near-perfect movie
1: for me it is it's like an empire strikes back level like this is great except that batmobile scene
3: You don't like where he has to like for some reason. Sometimes he's driving sitting up, and sometimes he's driving like like it's a motorcycle and he has to be leaned over. Yeah, that seems ergonomically not great.
1: None of it makes any sense.
0: Stop
3: doing that.
1: It is. It's
0: it's a very exciting scene, and I like so much of it, including the fact that it's not a conventional car. But you called it. I love that. Like I don't. I I don't think the movie ever really establishes why sometimes he has to go lay down on his
3: belly, and sometimes he has to sit up. Like. It's like a targeting it's like maybe there was something thing. cut I, don't I know. think there was something about when he could jump or something but it's it, but it doesn't make any sense
1: that it's dumb I don't care he's driving on roofs and the driving don't on roofs that. but
0: there is, a, there is that literally that scene where that like Don said yeah where there's that one kind of gable or whatever it is that one window that that it just drives through and it all flies off and it's like yeah right. that's that's uh, I, I agree with Don let's get back on the street please
2: <laughs> I had this spear yeah. in my side that it, you know it was jo- while I was watching the film the first time Joel Schumacher yeah. had just oh, no. poked it was me. a little mm. a
0: little too campy but that scene where he turns off all the lights and disappears it's so good the direct
4: contrast to that is that scene which is so so much more compelling like it's like the exact opposite in terms of splashiness Mm -hmm. and like brute force right it's the sneakiness of batman and that more of that
1: like that part is great because it's Mm -hmm. it's super well executed i so when i was watching this movie i was a little taken out because i i was wondering like look i'm not a car guy and I don't care about this thing. Um, I love the sneakiness aspect. I love the idea that it was a repurposed military vehicle. I didn't entirely buy that it just arbitrarily jumps over rivers because, uh, I don't know if you've seen Rivers, but you know—I don't think I should. Really, I'm familiar with their know. work. Yes, <laughs> yeah. but you can't jump a Batmobile over them. And it- I think it's an effective.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, like I like the earlier scene with the Batmobile. I like the scene where Gordon is figuring out how to drive the Batmobile. I love that. Yeah. Um. And, and I like the Batmobile But I, I agree that scene does have those moments Where it's sort of like what are you trying to do Here exactly and could, you, could yeah. you have Gotten off the rooftop a little bit sooner And also by the way the logic of that Scene is amazing because he Has a car that can go across rooftops And b- jump between different Parts of the freeway and jump to the street And yet there's always one police Car right behind him
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gotham PD is surprisingly Well deployed there are yeah. some better chases in the next Batman movie. Uh this Batman movie kind of feels like they have to have a Batmobile in order for it to count as yes. a Batman movie. <laughs> right. well, so it's legally the, okay.
5: I mean in in fairness, I mean I think you have to realize like Warner Brothers to even bring this back. They got to sell some well, toys. Well yeah, and, and I mean, you know, they went with the most unbatmobile ever, but like mm, yeah, yes. I mean this was not going to be a proven thing. Like up to this point Nolan's career you know, as a filmmaker, he wasn't a, a huge box office draw, right? Like he he wasn't, and and so and yeah, you just got- made
2: insomnia which right. puts a lot of people to sleep in the theater. I mean, you know? I mean I
5: liked Insomnia, but you're but you're yeah. right. I mean, you know, but but he was known for like I mean Memento was a breakout, but it wasn't a box office thing. Right. It was like right. a, exactly. an indie that happened to do it. Like this is his mark, right? Um this is this is Bale's first really big film as as a leading man too where mm-hmm. he's carrying, you know, like he's being able to be a successful box artist thing. So I can kind of understand if you're the studio and you're like we have this property, which includes a car that has huge reverence to the audience. You mm-hmm. can't not have the car,
3: you know? Yeah. So the best you can
1: get away with is a really weird car. Um, I, I agree completely that, uh, they need a car scene. Batman is ba- the Batmobile is basically as famous as Batman. I think it's yep. good. Bats are known for their cars. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they are. He's I, not car man guy. <laughs> um, right. Uh, I'm not personally a car guy, but I I dig it that that's a thing. I don't, I would never, I'm not demeriting the movie for that. It's just, to me, that was five minutes that I could have spent Yeah, it's my
3: my my parts where I kind of twinge is uh, whenever they have Batman actually talking and he's like a close up on him. And it's like, I can't take you seriously. He's the guy in a rubber suit. Yeah, don't 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 frame it that close. It doesn't it's not believable. Your face, your mouth looks weird. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The scene where he's talking to Gordon and he has the stapler against his neck uh, that he thinks is a gun. And we don't see Batman. That's great. The scene right. where he's like perched on his back porch, uh, like I can't take him seriously. Yes. And then when he's he's talking to Rachel on the like the subway, uh, like wa- hanging uh, out on that, railing. yeah, just hanging out. And I'm like, no, you should be much further away. <laughs> yeah, uh, you should yeah. just you should just be a shadow. Maybe on a yeah, maybe use the shadows, dude. Yeah, like, stay, of like shadows. Like yeah. you just you just look like a weirdo.
2: <laughs> but think about it. There's actually very little of those scenes. With Batman like that, yeah. most of the time only when like he's three. Batman, he's fighting, yeah. or you're seeing him in flashes, right? And I, I yeah. will
4: say in Counterpoint, the scene I love the scene where he interrogates Scarecrow after exposing him yeah. to this gas, yes. oh, and man. you have the
0: creepy yeah. Batman Ooh. face. Yes, that the demon is really Batman well face. done. That was and cool. then later
4: on, when he's flying over the island as the oh, fear gas being released, and oh, everyone so sees good. like the Nazgul. like, right? yes. you know, like <laughs> they're all screaming,
0: like they they could tell the Batman is coming because everybody is screaming down the Street. I, yeah. I would love to see
4: a video like a, a cut of this where that's the only time you ever see Batman is through other people's crazy
3: fear distortion. That's a that's a good idea for a movie. Dan's uh, making a bit for the found footage Batman movie. <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome. I, actually, I
2: would totally. I would Dan. I would totally watch that. All right, that. I'll be right yeah.
1: back, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, D- Dan. Next time we have Bilanti's here, we should uh, get that as an Arrow episode. Please, please let him go. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> li- so the
0: climax of this movie. So I uh, uh, Liam Neeson does come back. He is the the real uh Al-Ghoul, Ras, Ra's Al-Ghoul as he is called here.
3: Yes. Well, by by a nice Midwestern lady. <laughs> Presumably <laughs> played by someone British. It is a
0: great <laughs> moment when he returns cuz that is a great plot twist that he's he
3: was the bad guy all along. Yeah. It's also the way she's talking to him and like the camera's not even on her because Bruce Wayne doesn't care and then he hears the name and then he turns and then it's not Rachel. That's, it's, I love it so, so much. It,
0: it's That's all really good and they have that really taut thing where again everything is repeating, everything's coming back. He knows very well what's been going on with Bruce and Batman because it's what he told him to do at the beginning. And you you have forgotten all about Liam Neeson at that point because you had like, three other
4: villains yep. to deal with.
0: Absolutely. No, the misdirection is really good Uh and it, and then he gives that whole, and again, re, it's, remember what we said, we're going to destroy Gotham. Every time a civilization reaches the pinnacle of its decadence, we destroy it. We are going to do it. We're a, like a force of nature. We're going to destroy mm-hmm. your city. And then Bruce, you know, he does his quick thinking, I'm going to act like a boor and I'm going to insult everybody and make them leave. And mm-hmm. and, and then there's the, 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 uh, the parallel, uh, which I, I have to say. I don't think Liam Neeson needed to say ha this is like the scene in mm. the beginning where you burned down yes. my house it's like right. I got it right. I got it
5: we got it yeah. thank you but a, it is yeah it's be- great it is a nice
0: parallel and it's justice's balance consider us even and then that leads to ultimately that final uh, battle where he he manages to get a hold of the train that his father built yeah. and, and pull himself up and they have their confrontation in the train while uh, you know we keep intercutting with Gary Oldman trying to figure out how to drive the stupid Batmobile <laughs> and fire the Batmobile missiles, and 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 also the people at the water tower are like, wow! If it gets any closer, we're going to blow up. And they yeah. just sit there and watch. But uh, <laughs> but I love the f- I love that fight and and the intercutting with Gary Oldman trying to figure out how to stop the train and all the way up to that final moment where he says, you know, I'm not going to kill you, but I'm not going to save you either. And he and he gets mm-hmm. out of there, and it's like it is it is such a great climax because this is the mentor. And we thought he was gone, and now he's back, and he's like the worst. He's absolutely the worst. And and this is uh, Bruce's moment to save his city, he, and 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 say basically, this city can be saved. If I have to do it myself, I will redeem my my whole corrupt, awful city. And uh, and and honestly, now it's his responsibility. You break it, you bought it, and that's where right. That's
3: where he I ends mean, up. I,
0: I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you. Is kind of
4: splitting Yeah, this, hairs. this
3: version of Batman is not three laws of robotics. Saved, well, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe you can get out of this Liam Neeson. Save you
2: once, shame on me. I don't know. Yeah. How many how
3: many savings does a villain get?
2: Going back to the conversation, Ross al Ghul's purpose here kind of bothered me. So why is Gotham singled out in all the world? It's is the it worst? they they, they, declare, the, they say it's, it's the, the like biggest the, city. It's, it's like the, it's it's York.
3: Yeah. It's it's the it's equivalent of New York City, right? It's And it's also completely attacks. corrupted. It's four years after. It is
0: the ultimate example of modern society's decadence, I guess, is basically I mean, there's, what they're saying. There's
3: some pretty yeah. heavy-handed parallel in right. there, too. You know,
2: it wasn't the guy in the bad form-fitting rubber suit, for me, that bothered me. It was this thing. Why would a guy go to this much trouble...
3: So that is what the League City of Assassins is always done. That's, that's their thing. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Please see our C V. We took care of Rome. Also, the other thing that he mentions <laughs> that I've forgotten. That's you know
4: <laughs> Plague ships, yeah. they burned down
3: London. Also, I mean, the, the also the message here is that, you know, their weapon being economics, they're responsible for the death of his parents. Um, yeah. Also, maybe Joe Chill a little bit. We got yeah, which, which them, actually, but, yeah. when
5: you mentioned that, I mean that's kind of the overarching thing of the whole trilogy, yes. right? Is like this is an anti capitalism like yes. screed. This trilogy mm-hmm. really is, even though it's like one of the most successful films Trilogies of all time which is an interesting uh, Juxtaposition there
3: Well there's even weird stuff with I mean there's a bunch of weird messaging with that where like Bruce Wayne's family owns this giant multinational company, but actually his father is a doctor because maybe running companies isn't so great and the and even he has the weird feelings about the house, right? Like he doesn't yeah. want to live in his parents' wings and like maybe he doesn't care if the
1: house burns down, but now we're going to later nope, we need to build it brick by brick. Uh rebuild and then it. At, at the end somehow his personal fortune can buy back all of the shares which just means that he investing in anything except Wayne Enterprises out, you better return, guy. It's than... very
4: technical. It's very technical. <laughs> it's very technical. <laughs> I understand. It's a gr- that's a great moment, though. Turns out,
1: <laughs> beating up on capitalism, you can laugh all the way to the bank. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, our our hero is still a billionaire. Yeah. So yeah. this the it's end of the
5: day. I mean, yeah. and I mean, which is obviously a huge part of the character's appeal, right? Like, yes. yes. I mean, I mean, because if he wasn't, then it wouldn't be nearly as compelling. Can yes. we talk yes. about Can we talk about Rachel Dawes for yes. a, a, a second? Yes. Because there are a couple things with this. One, as I said at the beginning. I actually really, really enjoy Katie Holmes's performance in this. And it makes me angry that, you know, because of her relationship with Tom Cruise, which started during the promotion of this film and, and other things that she wasn't in um, the sequel. But I, I really like the Rachel character. And even though there aren't women in this film, which when we were talking earlier, um, uh, some were saying like, that's a, a, a knock against this. And I agree with that. I, I really like this character and uh, and the performance, um, even though I, I obviously wish that there there were more women yeah. or that it was a bigger part. And she of,
2: wasn't quite as much of a femme fatale need of rescue?
5: No, no. Well, I mean, that, I mean to be honest, me. no, she wasn't. If anything, she's really kind of saving him, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, yes. she, she. she's his moral compass, uh, as Guy was saying earlier, and she's saving him. And ultimately, that's what kind of makes the ending. Um, what it is, is that he, you know, ultimately, like, to save his city, in some ways, he's also giving up this woman he loves
1: I think she rejects him at the end right right because yeah. it's yeah. like the person I loved is dead like right. in, in in a way it's her failure
0: yeah no I see, like, I, I don't I, want I, you I don't okay. agree I think it's her success where she says the person I loved isn't it basically is gone right now maybe he won't come back when the job is done okay so she's also approving of the job of Batman I think but saying I can't be a part yeah, that's fair of Batman well, well, and that's yeah. and that's a way better than the
4: usual angle of like, oh, I can't be with you because I need to focus on like what I'm doing. You make, on my you're a liability, right? Tobey yeah. right. right. I mean, she
3: is also like perhaps the most grounded in reality character. <laughs> totally. In the whole movie. Totally. I mean Completely. she's a lawyer and she has a job and she has a boss who is murdered in this movie <laughs> yes. because he's inconvenient. Uh-huh. And like she is trying to save Gotham by being a lawyer and just putting in the hours. And I always think about there's the scene where she comes to give Bruce his birthday present before the party, because she's mm-hmm. not a person who's gonna be at the party, even though right. she's his closest friend. And there's her car is parked in the driveway outside of the ha- house, it's, and it's like it's kind a Ford Taurus. <laughs>
4: it's like a 2002 <laughs> Ford
3: Taurus. But
5: well, no, but she's because she's actually like a low-level assistant DA, you know? She's a
3: normal person yeah. working yeah. in Gotham, who we like the only one we meet in the entire movie. She's not a corrupt cop. She's not a judge on the take. She's not a, a mafia guy. Uh she's like the one normal person of which there's pr- presumably. You know, millions, but she's the one that we actually get to see in this movie. And like, she doesn't have time to take care of a guy in a ridiculous rubber suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, right. She has a job. Right. I will yeah. say the, the,
4: the bigger, the much bigger travesty in terms of the female characters, I would argue, is Martha Wayne because Thomas yeah. Wayne gets a lot of good scenes. Hey, Linus Roach, he gets to be a doctor. He gets to have all these chats with Bruce. Martha Wayne gets, I think, like two lines, Me? Yeah. maybe. Like, it's, it's, she is really kind of terribly sidelined comparatively.
2: Do you know which other women characters get? Lines in this film. One is the the lady who introduces the not Ross Hogg cool, and the other one is the two starlets who go in the in the water at the
0: uh, the 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 hotel restaurant.
2: And that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's really kind of paltry. Yeah, that's that really annoyed me.
3: Which is a
4: shame because I agree that Rachel's character is actually really well done in this. It's like clearly yeah, you can write and create a smart, a smart, you know, well developed female character. You just could only thing do one. The apparently. thing is, they gave her
1: all of the nurturing aspects, right? Which is a little bit stereotypical. And yeah, uh, that but They me. did it. They did it well, and she carried it well. And I think that character is. It's great. hard to
0: pass the Bechdel test when there's one woman.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. the thing. It's like if you had more women if you had women women, maybe you wouldn't have to give all of the nurturing things to just one person and mm-hmm. you could actually flesh turns yeah. out. Even like people. the one Linear. other
3: one the, the there's the secretary at Wayne Industries who oh, yeah. has like oh, a line right. and then is like seduced it's, immediately. So yeah. So
0: uh, Batman Begins. We we, we uh, in wrapping up, we should probably go around and give everybody uh you know a chance to give a a final judgment on this. Um, I for one, I'll get us started. I think this movie is great. I um, it's got it's not flawless, but I think it's very good. I like how it tries to ground Batman and have some rules that Batman has to play by. And while I am not an enormous fan of the other two movies in this series, I, it does not dim my, uh, my liking of this movie at all. I think this movie is about as good a Batman movie, uh, as we probably could ever hope for, given that, you know, who's in it and who directed it and how it takes the the material seriously, but interprets it in an interesting way and also leaves some room for some humor and humanity. It's a really great combination. I remember when I saw it at the time, I thought, aha, somebody is uh, has reclaimed Batman after those movies that we don't want to talk <laughs> about. Uh, what did everybody uh, else think? Why don't we start with Christina?
5: Yeah. So unlike you, I'm actually a really big fan of the other two films. I'm a huge fan of this whole trilogy. Yeah. And for me, it it starts with this and this helps kind of ground things. And I was actually I, the reason I was so excited to talk about about this film is because I feel like so many people sleep on Batman Begins. Everybody talks about The Dark Knight, Everybody. Uh, which which I think is fair. It's one of the great superhero films of all time, um, in my opinion. And and I think The Dark Knight Rises is a really good film, too. But you don't get there without this. And exactly. And, and and that's why I think this film is so important. Don,
2: overall thoughts? It's like Christina said, it lays the foundation for this marvelous uh, trilogy that we didn't deserve. Every time I see one of these films of this ca- uh, caliber, uh, you know, with my ancient advanced age and You know, wistfully thinking when I was a little boy back in the 60s, wouldn't it be great if they made a movie about Batman after I watched the first three or four episodes of the original Batman television series and they took it seriously? And then to see that actually finally happen in 2005, I was like, this is the best day ever. (laughs) You know, and um, because it it harkened back to the Batman that I knew and I I read in the comics back in the 70s and the 80s uh, to, uh, you know, where Miller and Master Shelley had taken him with year one. And I was like, these people get it. Hmm. And I, I was so thrilled. And I was just at that end where, you know, Gordon and Batman you know meet at the end and talk about the next challenge and he flips over the card mhm i just almost stood up in the theater
5: <laughs> i remember people in the theater when i saw this and i think i saw it opening night i i remember that there was like applause yeah at that moment oh, I which applauded. which was which was so <laughs> exciting because you were like yes not only were you we going to get that iconic villain but we're going to get it from this batman and this like series yeah yeah
0: Guy, uh, look deeply into the eyes of Michael Caine and tell me what you think of this movie.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm lost in thought in the, in the deep sea of Michael Caine eyeballs. <laughs> oh, that's way weirder when you put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Wait till we stop recording, I'll tell you the <laughs> truth. Um, Batman Begins is a near perfect movie. You may not like it. It may not be for you. It doesn't delve into the heart of the human condition and teach you something new about yourself. But in terms of being a well-constructed, well-executed, well-acted, well-lit, well-scored movie, it's impeccably done. From the protagonists to the, the the fact that the villain has the same ultimate goal as Batman, but goes about it on a macro level while Batman is trying to work on a micro level... um the the ultimate resolution of it uh the goofy over the top plot to microwave some water and make everybody insane <laughs> uh the idea that like you can topple capitalism by taking out its biggest city and 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 sort of do the the purge of rome this movie is terrific the only thing that would be better about it is that if if michael keaton showed up in in a black turtleneck and had a conversation with this Alfred. That would be
0: great. Uh, Dan, final
4: thoughts? Uh, Yeah, this is probably hands down my favorite Batman live action movie. Uh, I think that it does capture... The character really well and it it captures the whole world of the of batman really really well the look of it the feel of it um the grounded in reality i I really love all that and i think moreover i mean for me it is a film that as we discussed like really ushered in a lot of the modern day superhero movies and you know it it earned that um so not only the marvel movies following on it but the rest of this trilogy i have mixed feelings about some of the other movies in this trilogy Mm -hmm. i think there's some fantastic stuff in it but i think it, it also sometimes runs away with itself a little bit um and I think, you know, its legacy is felt in a lot of other places in the huge preponderance of superheroes that are in our culture right now. Most specifically, I'll point to, of course, uh, one of my favorite shows, Arrow, which... Draws lines dun, dun, directly dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Thank you guys uh, Draws <laughs> lines directly from this take on Batman like it, it basically is just The first season is largely cribbing From this uh, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and you know to, to good effect But like that is how influential this movie Was is that a show came out you know Five years later and was like you know what Was really great that Batman
0: movie with Christian Dale <laughs> let's totally run on that
4: for a while So yeah I, I think that there's This movie for me is a, is a, uh, a largely a success I, there i have some nitpicks with it but you know it was enjoyable to watch uh, again after you know more than 10 years it's held up really well and i think it's just it's a very very well put
0: together movie so i'm i'm
4: delighted that it has
0: entered our canon <laughs> mm-hmm. tony you get the uh, last word as the dean of batman university
3: you know, I, I enjoy uh, Christopher Nolan's work. Uh, I'm partial to this Batman character you people keep talking about. Uh, so this movie uh, was two great tastes together. Uh, I very much enjoy it. This is maybe my second favorite Batman movie, second only to the Lego Batman movie, which has a special place in my Lego art. Um, and I'm not really sure what's third. Third gets it gets complicated to figure out what's third. Uh, but I, I really enjoy this movie. It's, it's, it's my favorite uh, depiction of Alfred, uh, one of my favorite depictions of uh, Commissioner Gordon, uh, I even I even like we haven't mentioned him, uh, the guy who plays uh, Commissioner Gordon's dirtbag uh, corrupt uh, partner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the guy like, who gets yo-yoed up and down. He's so perfect. Like he only needs like two scenes, and we get it. Everyone in Gotham is corrupt. Yep. <laughs> we don't need to. We don't need to delve into that. This is a great Batman movie. I'm glad Batman won the tournament and compelled us to watch all, all of his
0: movies. The Batman movies,
3: yes, indeed. <laughs> all the great Batman movies, uh, indeed,
0: indeed. Well, this was.
3: I was very happy
0: to to watch this one because I uh, am and revisiting it just reminded me how. How much I love it. Well, uh, we will. We, yeah, there are more Christopher Nolan Batman movies to revisit, and I think those are going to be interesting episodes, given that what? Some, people, more? Some, some people some <laughs> yes. people love them, and some people are not as positive about them, and I think that we're going to ruffle great a stuff bunch of them, feathers. So. I, I agree. Actually, when I say that I don't like The Dark Knight, actually, really, I think half of it is one of the best superhero movies ever made. Yep. And then there's the second half. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> I agree. Uh, but for, I might go to
3: two-thirds, one-third, but, but sure. But yeah. for
0: now, maybe, yeah, we can t- <laughs> just, uh, eventually That's there are two separate podcasts. W- uh, no one no one, is,
3: no one is forcing you to watch the whole movie. I'll, I'll, I'll,
0: so, <laughs> uh, we'll get there. Uh, but this this is a movie, if people haven't revisited it, or they, they have left, uh, The Dark Knight has let, left such an impression that they have forgotten, or they're, they're just going to say, oh, and there's that Batman Begins, that silly first movie. It's great. People should watch it. And uh, and I'm glad that we uh, we got to do this as part of the ongoing, um, I don't know what I owe Batman, mortgage that I paid to Batman for him winning the uh, superhero tournament two <laughs> years ago. Anyway. It's very technical. I would it's I should never sign that contract <laughs> with Batman because um, he's a stickler and he's got really good lawyers. Um I wonder if he's a rich guy in real life. Anyway, um I would like to thank my guests for being on this Batman Begins episode of The Incomparable.
3: Tony Sindelar, thank you. Uh thanks for having me nerds. Good guy, guy English,
1: thank you. Uh no joke, I was thrilled that this set of nerds was who <laughs> I would be podcasting with. Uh you all great and uh uh, Tony, I've never met you in real life, but we went And you to... never will. I, I might. I might. We'll, we'll see. This, but
2: uh, guy, look, This we... is real life, by the way. I just wanted to point that well, out. Well, I, okay, okay, sorry. Guys, Person of a long. dream.
1: Wake up. Michael Caine compels you to wake up, You know guy. what? This is what I get for trying to be nice to you jerks. <laughs> I know. This is, this <laughs> is exactly I what you get. you never try again. <laughs> Screw you all. Get out of here. <laughs> You're, what a waste of time this has been.
0: Indeed, indeed. Don Melton, thank you.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you. I don't know who dropped out so I could be on the show, but I've been begging Jason for yep. weeks just to get on this show. So thank you, Jason, and thank you for my little uh, salty sailor uh, comments. I don't know what you're talking
0: about. <laughs> there was no swearing in this episode at all. <laughs> at all. Dan Moran, thank you. Nice goat. Oh, boy. <laughs> And Christina Warren, thank you so much.
5: <laughs> thank you for uh, for letting me uh, join your your, your show. Um, e- despite having the Twitter handle Film score girl, I very rarely get to talk about movies on podcasts. So this was really really fun, especially with all of you. Come back and join please us yeah, for more back.
0: Christopher Nolan and/or Batman in the future, yes! please. And thanks to everybody out there for listening to this episode of the incomparable. And until next time, I'm Batman. Leave you uh, with a vision of Guy looking at a picture of Michael Caine.
3: You know, Guy English has just—he has bought a little beachfront property on the oceans that are Michael Caine's blue, blue
1: eyes. So,
5: I love this so you know much. What? You
1: guys think you're making fun of me? I'm not. You know, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs>